You're listening to a DM podcast. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. is the Dude Cinema Podcast. But I was just like scrolling through it like nerds, nerds, nerds. Like I don't care. <laughs> Movie shaming needs to stop. Obviously a dude wrote this script. These teeth aren't friends and I'm like, I'm about it. I honestly think that this movie should just be called Red Flags. <laughs> Let me miles tell you. Fuck you, Stanley Kubrick. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. My name is Beck Charwood and with me is my gorgeous, talented, hilarious, funny, oh, hilarious and funny, that's how good you are, funny girls, Alex J. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes have told us we have to see and we're so excited to be joined today by a dude who has told us to watch a movie. He's one of my absolute all-time favourites. I'm so excited. Beck's so excited. It's Simon Hall, aka Yon from Tripod. Thanks so Yay. much for having. I, I am a fan of. I am a fan too. That's so that's just blown my like world. A, that's blown my world. You'll apart, overwhelm Yon. her, please, Yon. <laughs> Calm do down. Wanna, do you want to know how I found out about the podcast? Yes, in the newspaper. Oh my goodness! What as in the Sydney Morning Herald a few years ago? Well, the age for me, oh. yeah, like it was <gasps> like um. There was just an article that was like a roundup of things to listen to and you guys were in the paper. I just thought that, that's a good way to sort of get people into sort of what age I am. <laughs> um, I was going to say, who knew print media still affects people? That's amazing. Go, yeah, it's, it's still reaching the masses. I guess because yeah. I work on radio now and I get so surprised when people text in. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, people are listening to this. There's still, there's still hope in legacy media. This is amazing. It's weird, isn't it? Gatesy, um, in the in the show that we've been doing recently, Gatesy from our trio mm. talks about the fact that he does the he's like the voice the of the guy who does the boating, camping, fishing ads. <laughs> is he hey. actually? Yeah, yeah. Oh and my god. Okay, just... I am now a double fan of everything <laughs> Tripod does. Um, but wow. The, I'm just standing there on stage going. Because people like really react to it and they're like, oh, it's him. And I'm like, I I just don't watch anything now. <laughs> like I grew up with ads, with TV, with ads, like normal TV. But I, I watch nothing now that has ads. Even mm. YouTube, I don't have ads. You pay for the premium? I pay for the premium. Damn, things must be going well for Yon. They're <laughs> <laughs> going really well for my wife anyway. <laughs> That's what we need as comedians. We need a very successful spouse. Yes. <laughs> it. It's the secret. <laughs> That's Oh, that's right. So I did see your show in Melbourne for the Comedy Festival a few weeks ago and I do remember that BCF part and I thought it was a joke. That's, a, that's <laughs> a fantastic. Hell yeah, Gatesy, boating, camping, fishing dude. Love it. I think yeah. it's just such a recognisable voice. Yeah, yeah. Like the um, – Anyway, it's a very. Imp- I'm actually. I'm quite nervous now to be in the presence of someone <laughs> who knows the boating, camping, and fishing the, guy. Yeah. Oh my god, you're two degrees of separation from the boating, camping, fishing guy, back. <laughs> I feel like I could do it now because I hit like he he takes the audience through like how to do it. Like you've got to have right. you've got to have no emotion in your voice. So <laughs> I'll, let me give it a go. Mm. Boating, camping, fishing. It's, I don't know the words. But <laughs> I feel like I could. I mean, if there is ever a problem with him. I could step in. You could step in. Yeah. I mean, that. that Do just... you need there to be a problem with him? <laughs> Do we need to arrange something? <laughs> we <laughs> for can you to take over the boating, camping, and fishing we empire. Cut, we can cut this out, Yon, but t- oh, I, blink yeah. twice for yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know people. Yeah. You are on radio. <laughs> well, we just watched a movie where people know people, so that's uh, well, we're in we're in the world. We understand all the legal issues that need to be overcome to kill a man now, thanks <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> but before we get into the movie that you've brought to us, Yon, um, you've got a new podcast that we want to plug. Tell I do. our listeners about it. So it's called Minuscule Musical, and it's like six episodes. It's just like a limited season, six episodes. And in each episode, I've grabbed someone to write a musical with me, like a 10-minute musical. Nice. And then we went to the Butterfly Club in Melbourne and we got a crowd in and we sang it to the crowd and then we sort of 
talked about it. And oh, that so sounds sort of so like fun. A, it's sort of like a, it's almost like a pitch, like of a of a musical, like pitching it to an audience, like trying it out. Yeah, know. an elevator um, pitch of a musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's basically it. So it's like, so it's like Sammy J, uh, oh. your brother, <laughs> and uh, Julian Cosgriff. And Margot Tan Hootko and Jude Pearl. Oh, and, oh great. Yeah, a bunch talent. of people. Yeah. God, the who's who of musical comedy of the Australia. Who's who of musical comedy. Ooh. That's wicked. That's like kind of like, I don't know if you guys do this, but you make up like a dumb song with your partner in the kitchen. You'll be like, the parts and the pain and the Vegemite. It's like making, <laughs> adding professional. That's what musicians you think musicals to that are, and making isn't it? it fun. Yeah. <laughs> making it way better. <laughs> musicals are so literal. It's like just describing the thing in front of you. That's yeah. the, that's that's how people think of music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, well, so Minuscule Musical, where can yeah. people find it? Uh, well, if you just go on to whatever podcast thing you use and type in Minuscule. Now it's M I N U Skill Ooh. Musical, not Mini Skill. I don't know. It looks better. It's yeah. the old spelling. I initially did the mini one, but then someone goes, no, it's minuscule, mm-hmm. and it actually does look better. Yeah, it's that's probably that's harder for people to find, though. More aesthetically pleasing, and that's what's important. And yeah, not that's... now that you've laid it out and explained it in detail so yeah. that people will know. Good, good. <laughs> people will know. <laughs> okay. Shall we get into the movie yeah. that has brought us here today? Yes. yes. So this is a movie uh, that you've recommended to us, Yon. It's called Michael Clayton. Is this one of your favourite films? It is. Can you talk us through your history with this film when you first saw it? Well, you would. I, I don't know what year. When did it? How old is it? Two thousand seven. Seven. Two thousand and seven. Mm. So it's like fifteen to twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it in the cinema. I think. Mm-hmm. I think just because I was a, a George Clooney fan, and I like. I do like sort of legal thrillers generally. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I like some of those John Grisham ones and stuff. So I, I think I saw it with, with those two things in mind. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. Like to me, it's just a, it's just a, it's like an artistic touchstone for me. Mm. I'm not saying that it pops out in tripod songs, but. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense now. All those legal thriller songs from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just it just does everything I want it to do, and just little sidebar, just just for people who were thinking about pressing stop because they've never heard of this movie. I don't know if that happens, but if you like Andor, it's the guy who created. Do you know? Have you? Do you guys know the show Andor? It's I like a Star Wars. Need show. to get onto it. I need to get onto because I'm a Star Wars fan. Mm. Alexia is a girl, um, so she doesn't have to watch Star Wars. I'm stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the it's the same person who masterminded the two things. So oh wow! If you, like, if you like Andor, you would definitely like this, and mm. vice versa. I think, like to the extent that I I say to people, if you if you hate Star Wars but you like Michael Clayton, you should definitely watch Andor. Ah, yeah. that's me. That's okay. you. Oh shit! Right. Yeah, cool. Nice. Right. I guess and oh my boyfriend will be so happy. <laughs> oh my has God. he held off on what has he gone ahead and watched it or No, he's just I think it's definitely come up in combo and I'm like, no, let's watch more Seinfeld. <laughs> it's very slow, but it's really good. Okay. And okay. so have you made your wife watch Michael Clayton? <laughs> I she's she's sort of a bit duty herself, like Mm-hmm. In her cinema taste, like her favorite films, The Godfather, and mm. you know what I mean. Like, I mean, she likes. She also likes, you know, Devil Wears Prada and things like that. But mm. she, so it wasn't a hard sell, Michael Clayton, for her. That's not a good. That's probably, healthy in a relationship. We want that. We want films to bring couples together, not tear them apart. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, I, I watched it again for a little for a little refresh before before talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. And she walked into the room, and I was like, I had like twenty minutes to go, and she was like, Oh, you started it without me. So she, she's a, she's always up for a rewatch of Michael Clayton. Love. How many times yeah. do you reckon you've watched it over the years? Um, probably ten, I suppose. Hell wow, yeah. that's uh, that's almost one every year. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly how I space it out. I have a date in my calendar, circled September twenty first, Michael Clayton Day. September twenty first. <laughs> oh, we've ruined it for you. I'm yeah, so you've sorry. ruined we've it because now I've year. done it. 
in May. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just worth picked it today as the date that I That's said, true. but no, I made it difficult <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, uh, Alexia, have you mm. seen this movie before? I'll be honest, I'd never even heard of this movie before you suggested it, Jan. I, when you, when we were going through like a few movies and stuff, I honestly, for a, a good amount of time, thought Michael Clayton was your favorite actor, and you were talking about oh. some. Because again, where I we we've been doing this podcast for four years, but we still don't know what most actors are called, mm-hmm. <laughs> their actual names. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh no, Michael Clayton is a movie. So yeah, I have like I came in super blank slate to this film. I had no idea, no preconceptions whatsoever. It's possibly a dumb title for that reason, like. It tells I have you thoughts nothing. on the title. Uh, yes, absolutely not. Anyway, yeah, we can yeah, get. Do we I need do. to, to sure, follow sure, sure. the strictures mm. of your show? Thank you so much <laughs> for respecting the structure. <laughs> <laughs> Beck, what's your history with Michael Clayton? Well, I went one step further than you did oh, in yeah. misunderstanding. <laughs> and so, because I, I've, I've, I've been touring, and I haven't been paying attention to the calendar, and I knew that you were coming on this week, but I looked at the calendar, and I was like. Michael Clayton? Who the fuck is Michael Clayton and why is he coming on the podcast? I thought Yon was going to be on. So I messaged Alex and I was like, what movie are we doing with Michael Clayton? (laughs) And she goes, no, Michael Clayton is the movie. I was like, oh, okay. I like the idea that Michael Clayton is like a prop comedian from... Tasmania or something. Yeah, the Beck's never heard of, but I've booked him. I really wanted to get him yeah. on. He sent enough emails that you were like, fine, come on. <laughs> what do you want? I don't mind if you call me Michael Clayton for the rest of the I mean, podcast. We'll already cool. get more confused than we already are. Yeah, right, <laughs> It'll be right. too much. So I definitely had never heard of this movie before. Anyone that does want to watch this movie, the internet doesn't want you to watch it either. Just oh, that's so you know, true, it is not available on any streaming services. You can't buy it on YouTube. You have to illegally download this one. And look, we'll get into whether it was worth it or not in just a second. <laughs> we'll get into whether it was worth breaking laws. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. <laughs> Michael, thank God. Look, I, I I got a situation. Arthur Edens just stripped down naked in a deposition room in Milwaukee. You are the senior litigating partner of one of the largest, most respected law firms in the world. You are a legend. I'm an accomplice. You're a manic depressive. I am Shiva, the god of death. I'm Michael Clayton. You're late. This is a $3 billion class action lawsuit. The architect of our defense has been arrested for running naked through a parking lot. He's building a case against you, North. Nobody's going to let him do that. Let him? Who the hell's going to stop him? I spent 12% of my life defending the reputation of a deadly weed killer. Arthur. No way. They killed the Michael. You, North, needs to know he's under control. They've been shook up. They need to be reassured. What are you telling me? That I'm counting on you. The truth can be adjusted. A law firm brings in its fixer to remedy the situation after a lawyer has a breakdown while representing a chemical company that he knows is guilty in a multi-billion dollar class action suit. Uh, That's factually incorrect anyway. So, uh, (laughs) Jon, for anyone who hasn't seen Michael Clayton, the movie, not the person, how would you describe this film? Okay, so I think what's cool about it, and and I, I I don't know if I know any other movies about a legal fixer. Mm. So so George Clooney is this guy who works for this huge law firm who who defend these insanely rich companies mm-hmm. in 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 class action lawsuits, but he's not the guy who's in the courtroom defending those people. He's the guy who has to do mucky things for the for the for the law firm. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's, you know, supposedly got this past of being this stand-up, you know, prosecutor in his day, but now he does this all this sort of shady stuff. And the film, can I say how the film opens? Because that kind of Absolutely. paints a good picture. So the film opens with him being called out to this super rich guy who's just hit and run like a jogger mm. in his car and the guy's like, right, you're going you're gonna to get me out of this. And it's his job to to kind of smooth it all over and 
get the best result he can for the guy. But the guy thinks he's the guy's like, uh, I'm told you're a miracle worker, and he's like, you're not, you're not gonna get anyway. You mm. you want to you want to watch that? Bit. He's very cool in that that scene. I was like, okay, Ooh. this is sexy. Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great scene. Great scene. And the guy is just so beautiful. Like, I I like the journey of the of the guy and <gasps> yeah. and his wife in the background who is just I love her. absolutely stewing and steaming. She's just and so then, fucking over it. Yeah, oh. And then she just smashes that glass. Oh. Um, yeah. So that whole, all the tension that was going on in that scene was so brilliant of like him just being like, it's not my fault. He was there the whole time. And like, I look as a woman that is in a heterosexual relationship, there's been so many times where I'm like, just say you're fucking sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just say, just standing just in the corner the being thing. like, oh my God, just say sorry. Like, you don't even have to admit the whole thing. Just say, like, just fe- look like you feel bad for a fucking second, <laughs> dude. You're but he's like, I like smash. how despicable a guy he is. Who, like, he's not just a guy who can't or won't say sorry. He's like a really awful. Yeah. yeah. He's like a really awful guy who would hit someone and then drive off. Like, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's not going like, to say sorry because he genuinely believes it was not his fault. Like, and he'll yeah. go to his grave believing he had. And he's not even like a, he's not even drunk or anything. So it's not like yeah. you know, I had a moment of, you know, yeah, exactly. And being all, impaired, or, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. The the roller coaster of him like getting up to that point, and then Clooney just like Michael just being completely cool the whole yeah, he's time. Cool. Very good introduction to his character for sure. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so you're right. He's a fixer, which I I mean I in my time I haven't seen a lot of legal thrillers. This might actually be my first one. Okay. But Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, he's a fixer. And so then the overarching like kind of storyline is that his firm is defending are they are they a They're like a pharmaceutical sorry, not pharmaceutical, they're a farming mm. they're an ag- agricultural chemical fertilizer Chemicals. type uh, company and they've made you know, just like it's really it's really it's just really similar to that there's a really famous case in America. But the name is not coming to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it the oh, um, Monsanto? Yes, yeah, it's right. basically yeah, yeah. Monsanto. Mm. And you know they've made this chemical, and then all these people have died. It's gotten into the water supply of all these farms, and all these people have died. And there's this huge class action, action lawsuit, and there are documents that prove they knew mm. what they were doing. And um, uh, and then do is it is it now time for? To talk about Tilda Swinton, or is let's or? let's get into yes, <laughs> absolutely. It. Tilda Swinton is in this film in probably the only time I've ever seen her in a normal role. To be honest, yeah, it's weird it's, seeing her being just like a corporate, just a normal person, person. with eyebrows and everything. Any a brunette hair? What? <laughs> a hairline? Just a sensible brunette haircut? It's that's, crazy. That's her craziest character today. <laughs> and all those scenes where she's um, getting her clothes ready. Oh, like those scenes. So that, yeah, so there's these scenes where she's like, because she's basically like in charge of, she's counsel for this Monsanto yes, type yes, company. Thank you. So yeah. she's like, she's the one who brings in all the, the different lawyers and she kind of oversees the whole case. And basically this case has been going on for, you can tell I really like this film because I actually get it and understand it <laughs> and can talk about it. Um, <laughs> so she's like, yeah, there's been this case going on for six years, I think they say, or is it? Five years and it's $6 billion yeah, dollar like that, settlement yeah. or something. And she's kind of been spearheading that. So she, uh, George Clooney's like uh, law firm is defending the bad company. And so we meet her and there's this awesome scene where she's getting ready for an interview and she's practicing her answers in the mirror, but then it's spliced with the actual interview that she ends up at. Yeah. I fucking loved that scene. Yeah, yeah. That was it's gold. So great. I love what what I love is how we we we're given this character and we're shown her in her most vulnerable possible mm. position. Like we really empathise with her because everyone. I, I mean, clearly not you guys because you stand on stage and tell jokes, but nearly everyone fucking hates public speaking. Right and. It really taps into that fear of, mm. you know, second guessing yourself at the last minute. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? Getting it, getting the language right, getting the the clothes right, getting the yeah. presentation right. Reeking and about I love, what you're going to wear, and you're just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I like that. That's how we get to meet her as someone you would really empathise with. Totally. Yeah. 
because then what happens is her character kind of flips and ends up becoming very, uh, to me, unexpectedly the bad guy. in the Oh, game. she's, I mean, one of the great baddies of all time for me. Like, yeah? I just love, oh, yeah. It's because you, it's just one of those things, you know, all the best baddies, you can sort of see why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. But she's still, like, by the end, you want her to go down like you want, you know. Of course. But you were yeah. very much empathising with her the whole way yeah. through. Yeah. Wait, so if I could get some clarification, mm-hmm. okay, because I, I watched, I, look, I watched this movie in not the best way. I watched it, half of it, as I was falling asleep last night and then the other half this morning. So That's pretty standard these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, disrespectful to cinema. Yeah, and for gig life. You started after a show, finished yeah, I got Yeah, I got home from my solo show and I was like, yeah. you know what I have time for right now is to watch a two-hour legal thriller. I have de- the attention for that. And so, it is plotty, isn't it? Like it's, it's yeah, plotty, many, not plotty. Like it's many yeah. subplots going on at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah. I was not aware of uh, how plotty it would be, and also a real lack of color. Which uh, for my brain, I need a lot of stimulation. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, it's thinky. I'm going to use my mind. It is a bit thinky. Yeah, it's underexposed. Okay, so- I I had to watch it so many times to like. I mean, I liked it. What's great about it is I think the the, the very first time you watch it you get the basic emotional mm-hmm. journey of it and I think that's still well vivid it is for me anyway and mm. but then you can watch it you watch it more and more times and you go oh that's what that was referring to and yeah you know there are much more there are many more layers 100%. to it and it's, sorry carry, carry on no 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 no, no. this is very handy so okay watching it opens with the failed car bombing right mm. yes and then we go back in time to four days earlier Yes. And so Michael Clayton is representing the bad guys? Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. tell us what re- so, Well, he sort of is. Okay. He's, he's actually, he works for the company that represent the bad guys. Yes, yes. But he's not actually on that case. Mm. Right. He's um, His friend is on that case, and this is probably a big part of the plot. Tom Wilkinson, his friend, who, who's like their gun um, defence lawyer, He's on the case and he's a genius, whatever, but he's found out the truth. Mm, that they knew that they knew it was cancerous yeah. and they knew that they were killing people. Yeah, and that has precipitated his sort of mental breakdown. Yes. And he and he's had them before, but he's one of these, you know, people troubled people who is also happens to be brilliant. Mm. And um and so what he he strip he's they're in a deposition and he strips naked and he becomes obsessed with one of the um with one of the complainants, mm. plaintiffs, is that right? Plaintiffs, yeah. And, yeah, and um, completely unravels. And it's George Clooney's job now as the fixer to clean all that up. So yep. that's why he gets called in. Right, to okay, clean up that that's mess. how he gets Cause they're gonna, entangled. Cause it's, yeah, because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to tank the case. <laughs> yeah. It's just gone and got the, the 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 killer document just printed three thousand times into a book. <laughs> that uh, uh, the whole mental breakdown of Arthur was just so intriguing. I thought that was just yeah, fascinating. it is, and I still have questions about about that. Yeah, do you well, want to ask example, them? We might be able to answer. Them I do want to ask them. Like for example, <laughs> for example, the the plaintiff. The young girl, so she's probably twenty, yeah, something. Who he, he, her. I think her family have basically been killed. Her parents have been mm. killed by the, for, you know, the the chemical or whatever. She, so Tom Wilkinson's character has sort of latched onto her. She's like the, the symbol of all of the plaintiffs, I guess. Mm. But he he's kind of in love with her. But is he in love with her? I don't think he's in love with her. Sexually, I, I do think he's in love with her as an idea of purity and goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he's sort of in love with her rom- romantically, or it would explain why he got all of his clothes sexual, off but... in in front of her a little bit. But also, there was a mid mental breakdown. There was, uh, yeah. Well, maybe, but th- I think that's 
Is it deliberately murky that? I don't know. Like, I, what do you think? I felt it was very murky. I had the exact same question because the first time he talks about her when he's telling, I think he's telling Michael about her and he's like, she's pure, she's perfect, she's the most perfect person. I was like, oh, who's this bitch he's talking about? She sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> and I find out it's like a teenager. I'm like, ugh. But, yeah. yeah, and he does get his clothes off and they keep saying that he chased her into the car park like with, with his, his dick, dick out. Dude. Yeah, so, but terrible, it's one of those things that can be read a couple of ways because yeah. another thing that he says is as part of his breakdown, he started to feel like he was covered with this film, this this yeah. this coating of of something, some sort of liquid, the muck the, of you know representing kind of the evil of what he's been involved in and defending. And is that what he's doing? Like when he's trying to take his clothes off, is it him trying to shed? Get the, rid of the. Oh. Yeah, but but I think it's deliberate that we also think, or is he? Is it some weird creep out? Oh, you know, so that it, monologue at the start, that's the Arthur guy. Okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I thought that was a voiceover yeah. from Kevin Spacey and I was like <laughs> waiting for him Kevin to Spacey. show up the whole movie. I was like, where is Kevin Spacey? Maybe that's why they scrubbed it from the internet. Like, to, It's so hard to watch this because he comes into this somehow. <laughs> okay, this has filled in a lot of blanks for me. It's all making a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm getting to really bloody dude spline this. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's what. Thank yeah. you so much. Always for... love coming on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you've been given. You've been given the all clear. <laughs> yeah. So it's no, not Kevin Spacey, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, when we saw that it was like okay, four days earlier and stuff. Normally that bothers me at the beginning me too. of a film. It shits me. Yeah, yeah. it's like ugh, okay. So I tell the story from the start yeah. and just tell it through. I'm gonna have to do Why maths are you doing this? now. Yeah. But to be honest, I forgot about the car bomb until he we saw him again driving and seeing right. the horse. I was like, oh shit, that's right. And now it all makes sense. So I I forgave it because it didn't. It wasn't like always doing and now two days earlier or this is Thursday. Yeah, right. It was just like okay, it's not that complicated a mm. a, a, sh- a time yeah, shift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who's your favourite character in this film? I think the most, it's probably Michael Clayton. It's probably Clooney's character. Mm-hmm. Your namesake. My, my namesake. It's probably me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Clayton. The Tilda Swinton, you know, Tilda Swinton is the Alan Rickman of the, of the movie. Like, Ooh. and the villain is always so compelling. Like, when I think about the movie, I, I probably think about her scenes more. Yeah. But I do, like watching it the other day, I was really getting into the Michael Clayton character and I was getting more, I, I had a little discovery that I hadn't had before because there's this beautiful scene where he talks to his son. Mm. He's, he's, so, so George Clooney's character, amongst many things, he's a gambler, like as well as being this fixer, he's a gambler, he's got issues and he's got a brother who is like a way worse version of, of that. Mm. Like his brother has really bad addiction problems and has, as you know, they've gone into business together, and and but because of his brother's addiction, the business fell over. And anyway, so his brother's a you know massive fuck up, I guess. And there's this beautiful scene where he says to his son, who loves the un- loves his uncle, loves mm. the brother, because the brother's kind of friendly and probably the fun uncle. Cool uncle. Uh, he he goes to him because he sees the uncle laid low. And he and he goes to the to the son. You're. I just want you to know you're much better than that guy. You're you're strong. You're never going to be like that. Mm. And I think my discovery the other day was he's actually talking to himself. Like he's saying he's trying to say you can be good to himself. And, oh, totally. And yes. I never really picked that up before. Even though that scene always spoke to me so much when he's saying that to his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I only got that the other day I love that that was such I I love the line that he says I'm not going to get it right but something around like you're not going to be one of those people who like shit rains down around them and they like relish in it or something like something about having the type of people where shit always is coming down on them and they don't do anything about it yeah 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 they they sort of make themselves into a victim or yeah yes yeah there's a lovely moment with um with the kid and the Tom Wilkinson character on the phone and the kid's kind of selling the book to him. He's going, and and this happens and this happens and this happens and the kid's really explaining the world and the the kid's like clearly super bright. Yeah. and Because it sounds like a quite a nerd, like it's not just a sci-fi or it's like really. Fantasy. It's dense, yeah. It's dense. It's um, And the kid clearly sort of gets 
its density. Mm. And um, there's a really lovely bit where Tom Wilkinson's just lying on it. You know that thing when you're on the phone in, in bed and you're lying on the phone, on the phone. listening to the person talk? Mm. That's lovely. I was worried and that that's... would get creepy, but it didn't, and I'm happy. <laughs> he has a lot of he has a lot of creepy forks in the road, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> His character. He's a risky guy. Yeah. I thought that scene was so well written when the kids like they're all having the same dream and they know something's wrong, but they don't know that that's exactly it. Mm. Yeah. And as someone yeah. who's like had a manic episode, I was like. Oh, this is a, a deep thought that uh, yeah. us bipolar people don't want y'all to know about. That <laughs> yeah, we're all connected right. and we're working together. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye was right. No. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about She's that. She's lucky to have you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that moment. Yeah, that was, yeah. and you could tell that that was really speaking to Arthur as well. It was really clicking yeah. in Arthur's psychosis or, or manic break that he was having. Yeah. And um yeah. Oof. Yeah, that he was like we all we're all aware, we're all know, we're all yeah. part of it. And it's yeah, it was very very well written. And also just like having him in such a vulnerable state that he's listening to an 8-year-old being like, "Yeah, yeah man, you yeah. get it. Yeah, you know, you know." <laughs> but isn't it that thing like I think that's what's beautiful about the thing with the 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 girl as well. It's like mm. you you know, you can be this extremely smart, extremely experienced person and you know he's what 60 mm. and you've seen everything in the world and you've you know you you've mixed it with this the cleverest people and yet you need a young person to show you and or explain to you the idea of people lying to themselves and or and to each other like or being in a big group of you know a, a, a company and a firm who are who are all lying to themselves about about what they're doing mm. i guess it's just that thing about youthful. I mean, it's I, I kind of hate I kind of hate that trope of youthful purity because I don't know. It's weird, but I, I like it in this. I loved yeah. it in. It's this. easy to be pure yeah. when you're fucking stupid, you exactly. know. When you don't know anything, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Children are beautiful. Um. <laughs> And um, uh, back to Tilda Swinton's character, I loved yeah. her jump from just being like, you can tell she's like so, in, like not so insecure, but she's quite insecure in her role in her job where it's it's fed to us that she's only just moved up into this big role recently. You can tell yeah. her boss, they have like a bit of a strained relationship. She's always just trying to like be good and do the right. Like, yeah, like she's really praise. trying to impress, like he's a father figure sort of thing. Yeah. Which Don, is awful. Don, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. From your boss. and I, I like that they cast a guy who is he doesn't he doesn't seem too unlikable. Like he does yeah. seem a bit fathery. Totally, with, with, you know, taking away what you know he's done. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's insane because I actually know him. He was in Thirty Rock for a couple of seasons. What he, is he in that? Oh, he was. He he, he owns the the company that buys GE and buys. Oh. Rockefeller Plaza. Uh, it's a. I can't even remember what the company's called, but he's very jovial. I'm from the South. I love my family. He's that kind of oh, fatherly yeah, character. Guy. Yeah. I don't remember him at all. So that's where he plays. So oh, I, wow. You can't tell because it's such polar opposite characters yeah. and energies. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, um, and then her, when she steps up, when, it, when I first realized what she was doing by talking to those hitmen. And watch oh. that combo that they have where she's trying to imply what she's trying that to imply. Scene. And, oh. Oh. Is that the best? I think that's the best scene, isn't it? That's still, yeah, I reckon that was that was the most enjoyable for me. I was asleep where for she's this in... one, I'll be fully honest. So you guys, <laughs> so you we'll guys just go to town. play it out for you. So, so, so she's, so, so Yo, she's realised. <laughs> she's realised that, well, is there something we can do? Is there, there's, is there another way? Mm. Is there another, is, what's the thing? That we could maybe the other thing they're just saying the other thing to each other for that a while. They do. They he's like, well, if that doesn't work, there's the other thing. And <laughs> she's like, the other. And it's just this so tense conversation where you know she just wants to say, "Can you kill him for me?" Please. Yes, but you can't say it on the record. <laughs> you can't say you can't. it, and it's just this incredible he, back and forth. And then he's like, "Yeah, there are things we can. There are other things, options we can, things we can do." And he just says it in such a such a way, an, an understanding way. And then the way it then plays out in the murder scene, oh. again, it's one of my favourite murder scenes of anything. Never seen like, anything like it. Were you awake for that bit, Bex? I guess. 
Did you see the murder scene? Oh yeah, in the bathroom. Oh, yes, God. I was awake for that, and uh, I, I think that's when I woke up and I was like, "Oh my God, I've definitely <laughs> I've missed, something missed something very important here." But I, I liked how they played it so relaxed, like it wasn't. Yeah. It was they were just like, "Yeah, we know what we're doing." Bing bang boom, no yeah. blood, no gore, no violence, nothing. Oh, and they put that little thing on his tongue, like just weird little details. You don't even quite know what they're doing. Yeah. But they, they spray some little thing in his mouth or something and it paralyzes Paralyze, him. Paralyzes, yeah. And they're just so efficient. Like it's we talk a lot on this part about um the term competency porn, where it's just yeah. like so sat like a John Wick, so satisfying to watch someone be good at shit. Like any So we're not up to the the horny bit of the of the podcast yet. No, yeah. so <laughs> you, keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs> But that scene is perfect competency porn. Like you're not worried that something's going to go wrong. Like what they're doing is insane. Mm. Even when they take the time to like lift him up and they go, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is so like well done because it's like, yeah, you would make sure no one pulls their back out mid-murder. Like otherwise they're useless. (laughs) Yeah, because we're going to do two of these tomorrow. So I've got to have a good back. (laughs) And yeah, oh. so they have to. Then you obviously, like, well, obviously they're making it look like a suicide because then they inject in between his toes and like put his shoes <sighs> back on, and it's just all yeah, the just the unrolling details. of the sock to get to the to get to that foot. And they're quite just, g- gentle with him, yeah. which is really unnerving. Like as yeah. they place him down on the tile, they they cradle his head. To, obviously, they're trying not to create any bruises and shit, but yeah. it still felt like there was some weird humanity to it. Oh, yeah. Mm. It it's was almost like a dance. So it was. It was like yeah. choreographed. It was like a contemporary dance piece. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in high school. I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, just put Apologise by Timberland in the background. And, <laughs> wow. That's an A plus from your dance teacher. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you put that scene in, in slow-mo. That is, that's Oscar worthy. <laughs> With the Timberland. Then it becomes Oscar worthy. Not yeah. in itself. <laughs> then it becomes agreed, a TikTok. Agreed. <laughs> Oh, and and okay, let's talk about the the flip around right at the end. Everything that happens, like when we're back in real time with the car bomb. Yeah, the horses. You, the horses. Are we ready to talk about the horses, or Let, were you going to say? Let's something talk else? about the horses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Go. Let's get into the horny part of the movie. The horses. The horses. <laughs> those beautiful mares. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I think I I think I've decided why I think so. Why does he, he's driving, you know, he's got a bomb in his car. These guys are following him. They've got a remote control. They're going to detonate it Mm. once they're in range or whatever. Yeah. So there's no reason for him to, like, he's in the middle of the woods. He's driving through the country. It's dawn. And then he sees these horses up on a hill and he pulls over, right? Yeah. Mm. And goes up and looks at them, just stands with them. Why, Why does he do that? I think he knows. Do you reckon? You think he yes. knows he's got a bomb in his car? I think he, there's just a feeling because, like, something's he, off. Because he pulls off the. I think he sees oh, okay. them following him because he pulls off the road in a crazy way. Like way, yeah, true. I don't think he sees them. <clears throat> really? Oh, I could be wrong. Maybe. But but if you if okay if you think someone has seen you and they're gonna kill you, mm. you wouldn't like pull over and look at some horses like. <laughs> That is true, actually. Actually, that's that what I true. do every time I think someone's going to be so <laughs> You're like, I'm going to die, I want to do it calm. looking at horses. <laughs> but I guess, you know, he could be showing, trying to portray the appearance of calm. That's True, true. But, I definitely um, saw it as like he's just gone through so much shit. Um, now we know what shit he's gone through in the last four days leading up to this horse situation. And he's gone through and he's yeah. like... All the like all the the B plots around the restaurant and the loan sharks and the gambling and stuff all very yep. stressful. And then I think he knows something's up with Arthur's suicide. And like I think that's when he started he does. to tweak. He does, but he has taken reflect. the money because the the law firm owed, owed him all that oh, money. That's so right. he has basically decided to shut up about it. True. Like that's what he's done in his actions and his conscious mind. Anyway. True. True. Yeah, I just saw it as like a. Not a come to Jesus moment, but a moment of just like he's just like in nature. He just doesn't know what to do. He's so overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. But maybe yeah, he because I, I noticed he like left the car running 
and stuff when he pulled over. So yeah, like, yeah. That, that stood out. I don't know what it means, but he left the car running. So maybe he was just like just wanting a moment with nature and just be like, horses, what the fuck's <laughs> happening? Right? Yeah. All right. And it was fascinating how like all the horses were like different mm. shades. Yeah. Like it was oh, very like okay. like a painting. Like you, know, you when you see horses yeah. in a field, there's usually like four brown ones and then a special oh, yeah. one. But this yeah. they were all different. And I think that yeah, was okay. quite <laughs> <I> sound. <laughs> do you know what that is? sounds so stupid. You do not sound stupid. <laughs> Shut the it fuck up. Sound stupid. Um I actually read I, I jumped on IMDB trivia and I mean IMDB trivia grain of salt, but they actually said so when he's in Arthur's apartment and he's reading, he's just going through before the cops come yeah. and 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 catch him. Apparently, there is a painting of three horses in Arthur's apartment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they CGI'd that in post production, so that wasn't in the scene. But I think the director or something wanted a link between the shit that's been going on and then him looking at horses, probably to avoid this conversation. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's, it's not quite okay. clear what it, what the link is, but there is some link. Oh, well, that makes apparently. a lot more sense. Okay. Mm. So you're right. It, it mm. was like a picture. And then me being like, isn't it crazy, the three different colours of the horses? And it was important. Yeah. <laughs> are, the, are the horses in the picture three different colours? I'm not sure, but I know that there's three. Because that will, that will just... That will dictate. Cement you as... A god. Yeah. As dude cinema. Finally. God. <laughs> the king of cinema. <laughs> and then, okay, so to the question that I have uh, before we wrap up is like when the car explodes and then George is like running down and he's like, oh, my God, my car's exploded. He takes all his rings and stuff off, throws them in, obviously, yeah. to his split second decided to fake his death, right? Yeah. What do you think the motivation – because that was a very quick decision he made. What do you reckon the motivation behind that was? Did he know what he would end up doing and, and double-crossing and trapping I, Tilda? Or I think all he – well, look, who knows? But I, I think all he knew at that moment is they need to think they've succeeded. Yes, right. And, um, then, and then maybe he's like – as he's running up the hill, he's like, now I'm going to get my brother <laughs> yep. and we're going to tape her and we're going to go, you're so fucked. I loved that scene, that that final scene between him and Tilda. Oh, that's it. gold. That was, that's do you, even him just standing behind the door, like mm. just yeah. so calmly, I was like, that's a real power move. I really like that. And then he, he does a little joke. He goes, oh, I, I think Tom, what, what's his name? The Tom Wilkinson's character. That's right, Arthur. I, I think he's around here somewhere too. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved that scene. Like, that's just one of the – and still, again, I love when a movie makes sense and I'm not, like, just completely blindsided and, like, lost. And I just got everything that was happening in that moment and it was just so exciting. I haven't felt adrenaline like that in a movie for a while. It is a real It is a real adrenaline rush when it's a really good gotcha, isn't it? Oh. And, and when she's trying to negotiate with him. Oh, and she sucks oh. so bad at it. Oh. Thing. She's not great at her yeah, job. She anyway. hasn't had a chance to rehearse. Yeah. She doesn't know what to say. Oh, she needs God. to go smooth her jacket down, regroup, come back. I love, <laughs> just on that, just quickly, like, I love that we do see her get dressed and all that stuff like we were talking about earlier. And then in the end, she's still always very uncomfortable in her clothes. Yeah, yeah. they don't fit that well. They don't fit, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. I love all that 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 stuff. It's so real. That scene was so good that even though I didn't know what was going on for most of the time, at the end I was like, oh, double cross. Yeah. <laughs> you love a double cross. And the final final scene, the final moment is him just he's just jumped in a cab and it mm. stays on him in the cab, not really doing anything for like five minutes, like through most of the credits, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Which is roughly yeah, how much it costs you to be in a taxi for five minutes. True. $50. <laughs> $50. What do you think that final scene, final moment was saying? Like, Because obviously it's the wrap-up of the entire film. What do you reckon it means for Michael? It's almost like for us to just think about the movie. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I loved it, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I do love it too, but I don't really know what he's think. Like, it's, is it just like what's next? Just I don't know. what's next. Like, who am I now? I was well. I guess he sort of knows space. who he is. This is the other thing I wanted to say about the movie and why I love it so much. You know, in stories, characters often do like heroic things, and you know they win. Mm. But he didn't like make some risky decision. Mm. He he had decided to take the money, and and not 
expose the company for what they'd done. And the only reason, and he says it, he basically says it to her in that speech to her. The only reason is that he gets her is it's like you can't, you tried to kill me. Why did you try and kill me? I'm the guy that can be bought. That, and yes. what I love about the movie is it it's such a believable character because so many people would just take the money, mm-hmm. you know. And he and and it's like the movie's pointing out to you, hey, this guy's a little bit of a hero. He's not. Do you know what I mean? And he's going to yeah. change his life now. He's going to change who he is now, probably. Mm. But he's not, you know, he's not some guy who took some big risk. He's still, like, yeah. He's he fallible. was always going to win. As soon as he walked into to Tilda Swinton, he'd already won. Yes. Mm. So that's what I that's what I love about it. Like it's just such a believable journey. I forgot about that me. moment of like I could I can be bought. You should. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like I'm the janitor. It was so. Yeah, real. yeah, yeah. So real. Fuck mm. yeah. And I just, I noticed, I, I stared at his face in that taxi because I was worried I might miss something that's important. And it's like, I don't know, the, the taxi blows up or something. Um, but like right, <laughs> right before the credit, like before it cuts and the full credits roll, he starts to smile ever so slightly. Oh. There's a little bit of a, like a, mm. to me, I, I guess it's one of those things that everyone will interpret it differently. But to me, it was kind of a bit of a relief smile because all this shit's been tied up. He's all okay yeah. now. Everybody. And after five minutes, he's like, wow, we can all forget about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we should wrap up, but is there anything else okay. that anyone wanted to say before we do? I would like to say I'm so proud of you for watching the whole five minutes. I skipped ahead to three minutes in and I was like, oh, okay, I get what's going on. <laughs> I think, I think I, I think I've always done that too. Like I, I've never noticed that smile. It's very subtle and maybe right. I was projecting. I don't know. I was in a good mood at the time. <laughs> and I wanted him to be too. Um, okay, so we've got some questions for you, Jan, to wrap up with. Um, okay. Did this movie in any way make you horny? I don't think so. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beck? Um, George Clooney is sure. particularly like the whole movie stressful and then it, I think watching him just sit in the taxi was a reward yeah. at the end yeah. just for the eyes to be like, God, he is really beautiful. He is a handsome man. Alexia, uh, did this movie make you horny? No. And uh, this is what, something I was meant to say earlier. I'm quite surprised to see a George Clooney starring film where there's no romance storyline. There was nothing oh. to get horny over. Yeah. There was... Apparently he did. Ha- Michael Clayton did have a girlfriend, but they cut her scenes. Yeah, and I watched that scene the other day. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, who plays the girlfriend? Uh, I didn't know her from anything her else. But basically, in the scene, she's another lawyer at the firm. Oh. And they're kind of fuck buddies. It's not. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. And and Tony, I watched the little commentary, and Tony Gilroy says, "I, I you know, I like, I really like this scene, but it's just not." You know, it's a classic thing. It's just not necessary. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. He kind of shows off to her a little bit about a one of the things that he fixed for someone. Okay, and it doesn't really tell you anything new, and 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 she doesn't appear again in it. So it's kind of mm. like we don't want to invest in this character that we, you know, yeah, never see again. This yeah. whole other side of his life. Yeah, I like. I love that there was no romance storyline in a movie that still had a woman like Tilda Swinton was in no way a sexual character or anything like that. Mm. Um, so no, no horn, but happy, happy to not have a horn. Happy to, there's no room a, for it. It's so off. stressful. Yeah, yes. <laughs> have a week off. <laughs> Thank you. And would you recommend this movie on a date, Jan? Oh, I would in the sense that it's, it's really good and, you you know, you could you could go on a date and, like, share this awesome movie and then afterwards, like, talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's not in itself very datey, is it? I agree. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Beck? It's very interesting. I would say maybe because mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like it's not overly violent in any way. It doesn't like it's 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 thinky, but it's not like opinion pulling. Like mm. it, it's yeah, okay. I, I think it, it's right. dense, but it's nice. It's not romantic and it's not fun. Mm. But it's also but maybe. Like not that stressful. It's more we just it was just really interesting and intriguing. I just had no idea where it was going. Like I didn't right. see a formula in it. So it's more yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to watch with a date. But I mean, you're not probably not smooching straight after it or anything. No, like no, that. no. You're having a conversation afterwards. That's mm. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, ratings. How many uh, <laughs> different coloured horses in a field <laughs> <laughs> out of 
three, I guess. Out of, yeah, we do it out of three. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yep. Do yep, you good. give this film back? Okay, I give it um, two horses, and not the brown one. So the mm-hmm. two fancy horses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not the, the, the regular the one. And, yep, yep. Yeah, because I really like this. It was interesting, although I didn't know what was going on a lot sure. of the time. The script was very well written. All of the characters were very well written. It was beautifully made. The cinematography, mwah, mwah, mwah. Mm. one point off because um, I, I, I I was tired, and that's that's not on the movie. That's on me. <laughs> we should rate ourselves and the movie. Yes, I am the brown horse. I'm the brown horse. My viewing was average on this, and the movie was be- deserved a better viewer than I. <laughs> Alexia, what about you? I give it a. I'm going to say 2.8. I don't know what I would take points off for because I really liked it. There was nothing about it that I was like, oh, this is dragging or anything. Actually, I'm going to take a point two of a horse off for the underexposed darkness of the film. It was a very dark film, uh-huh. a very brown color palette, which we see okay. a lot in, yeah. in our journey. Yeah, I had to um, turn the okay. brightness up on this one. Which I get because yeah, it's, like okay. it's in a cold city. They're always wearing like overcoats and stuff. Like I get it. But it, it just felt very, yeah, a bit more, a pop of colour would have been nice for me. But, yeah. I mean, I, I'm reaching, I'm picking. What about you? You're on out of three horses. Well, look, I brought it in. Mm. I clearly have, I love it. I it love would be it. crazy so if you said one. Psych! Okay, awesome. Well, that was Michael Clayton, the movie, not the person. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much to Simon Hall, aka Yon from Trifon, for joining us today. Oh, that was a dream for me. That was like that was like that was like a dream version of how this was going to go. Oh. I had no idea. Well, can I say? I don't know. You know, you show something to people. It's very it's yeah. vulnerable. It's it is vulnerable. Know, I, I was like a, I was Tilda Swinton getting ready for a. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we were the big man lawyers, being like, "We'll see about that." I love the idea of you practicing this podcast in the mirror before <laughs> smoothing down your white t-shirt, <laughs> just rehearsing. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. Minuscule with a U. Minuscule with a U. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, of course, Minuscule Musical, you can find that at Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have anything else? Do you have any shows coming up that you'd like to plug to the listeners? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Tripod are doing some shows in Tassie, if you're in Tassie. Nice. Keep an eye out. And Tripod are doing Wagga Wagga at some point. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank nice. you so much for joining us. This has Thank been. You. This has been awesome. This has been this huge for me. Really um, yeah. We've been very excited to have you on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for making it so great. Yay! And we have a little sign-off that we do. Mm. Um, I want to say, our dear listener, Alexia, Yon, Akumite to you. And Akumite to you and yours. And Akumite to you and all yours. Gorgeous. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> all of us. All you, yours. Right. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>